From the Center for Agricultural Profitability at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, this is Nebraska Farmcast. I'm Ryan Evans. Agricultural commodity prices remain strong as we head into summer 2023, but market volatility is a constant presence for farmers and ranchers, and high prices can bring both optimism and anxiety for producers. That's according to Jay Parsons, UNL Farm and Ranch Management Specialist with the Center for Ag Profitability, who has co-authored a new article on our site at cap.unl.edu. It discusses the importance of managing market volatility this year, and he's here to talk more about current commodity prices and some strategies for growers and sellers to navigate any potential challenges ahead in the markets. Hi, Jay. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Ryan. So can you elaborate on the current strong prices for commodities this year and how they compare to previous years? Yeah, sure. Uh, in the article, I talked about uh, wheat prices and corn prices and hay prices and cattle prices. And, and the cattle prices are particularly from the cow-calf side, which is what I deal with a lot. And we're seeing super strong, uh, you know, feeder cattle prices right now and even fat cattle prices for that matter. Um, so, you know, compared to where we were a few years ago, they're like 60% higher than what we were. You know, we usually look at 170, 180 kind of per hundred weight, and we're up at the mid two, 200s right now, uh, for feeder cattle in the marketplace. So that's got a lot of people saying, Hey, you know, prices are strong, but calves are just now hitting the ground so that, you know, they're not going to be ready to sell for several months. So that, uh, puts a little anxiety in people's, in people's minds, but you know, with the stuff, uh, with uh, a lot of that's driven by the drought and, and reduction in the cattle inventories. And then on top of those issues, so last year that affected a lot with our uh, uh, wheat uh, production in particular, but but uh, then we got the stuff going on over in Europe and a lot of uncertainty there in terms of the grain stuff. Uh, so we're just seeing really high prices. So, you know, like I said, cattle prices are, are quite a bit above where they were. Hay prices are almost doubled some of the you know, we're seeing $250 hay, pretty common. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wheat prices are pretty strong. You go back four years ago, they're pretty much double what we had four years ago. Um, and then core prices are a little more in line with where they have been the last couple of years, at least, but still, you know, good 20, 30, 40% above where they were, say, four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned drought and the uh, global events impacting the market. So uh, I guess we kind of already addressed this, didn't we? Or do you have more to say on how they're affecting prices, those events? Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we could talk a little bit about the drought in particular, the okay. timing of the cattle stuff, okay. if you'd like. Sure. Yeah, you mentioned drought, uh, obviously a big factor affecting commodity prices. And uh, starting with cattle and cow-calf producers, how are they looking at the drought and how is it impacting them and, and cattle prices? Right. Yeah, well, it wasn't that, it was 10 years ago, really, when we had the 2012 drought. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of producers remember how that kind of cycled through. And we went a couple of years. So when you have drought, people sell cattle, right? So the inventories go down and, and prices go up. Um, and it took a couple of years to kind of cycle through that. And I think producers are looking at that right now. You know, depending on where you're at in the country, two to three years, a pretty, pretty significant drought and pretty significant sell-off, particularly the last couple of years in terms of the cows. Uh, so we're going to, it's going to take a while to rebuild the herd and rebuild the calf crops. Um, so anyway, so that has a lot to play with it. You know, crop acres that people, if, if the weather cooperates, people could very next year plant more crop acres and, and uh, recover some of those inventories a lot quicker than we see in the cattle. 
side of things. So all of that's kind of playing into that, and the hay, and the hay stuff, you know, that'll come back fairly quickly if we get mm-hmm. moisture and, and hay production. But uh, but it you know things are pretty strong right now in, in a lot of ways because of that drought issue. Yeah, and forage availability, input costs are continuing to put the pressure on cow calf producers. You write and you've mentioned they're optimistic about profits this year. Um, so is there good reason for optimism or is cautious optimism this year? Is that where the anxiety comes in? The, the anxiety comes in because you never know when things are going to turn mm-hmm. south, right? And, they, and you mentioned you know, high input costs. So we've had those, uh, some of it inflationary pressures and some of them supply chain stuff and, and whatnot. But traditionally what happens in ag is, is, is the prices go up, a lot of the input costs go up, and then when the prices drop, it's at a much more rapid pr- pace than we see the input prices come down. So that creates anxiety because you don't, you're waiting for that crop, right? It's, it's, it's great to have, you know, $8 wheat and, in 260 calves, but you got to have the commodity to sell, you know, and we're, you know, a lot of cases we, you know, there's some wheat harvest that's already started. Of course, it hasn't started in Nebraska. We still got a ways to go. You need to get the crop, you know, harvested and, and, uh, you know, at least in the bin and hopefully to the elevator to sell it to, to realize that. So, so it's nice to see high prices and and it's good, you know, as you see your crop go out to say, Hey, we're going to get good prices. We're going to make some money this year. But you got to get the crop harvested, whether it's uh, cattle or, or grains. So turning to risk management, if a cow-calf producer is thinking about locking in a price right now as we sit in June 2023, what's your advice to them? Well, where we're at in the uh, inventory-wise and coming out of the drought, one wouldn't expect cattle prices to drop yet this year because it just takes a while to rebuild it. So so I would recommend people get too carried away with just with truly locking in a price that says I'm going to deliver an X amount. But I think it's always a good idea when you see the markets moving up, it's always a good idea to think about the floor price and opportunities to lock in a pretty good floor price. And there's, there's opportunities out there now with uh, put options. If you go to the Board of Trade or, or Livestock Risk Protection, which I mentioned in the article, because we see a lot of use of that here in the state of Nebraska. You know, so for a 4 or $5 premium, you can lock in a pretty good floor price uh, for that uh, feeder cattle contract that's currently trading. And, and if something did come up that, you know, uh, affected that or caused that to drop quite a bit, then you'd have that protection in place. And turning to grains, you talk about how futures contract prices can obviously help to estimate the future cash delivery for prices for grains. So can you share more about this process and its accuracy in predicting future prices? Yeah, and understand that a lot of that is based off of, you know, the time between now and harvest type of price. So like with wheat, for example, if you're looking at now, you're fairly close to harvest. So it's any kind of futures contract that it's based off of. And right now we see our, our local elevator prices in Nebraska are for the most part working off of the September futures contract. Um, you know, there, and a lot of that's determined. We know what's in the ground. We're, we're starting to see what the harvest looks like and everything. So it'll be fairly accurate. If you look at what that contract is trading and then look at traditionally what your basis looks like uh in your region and then kind of what that basis looks like this year, you get a pretty good idea, you know, Hey, we're going to be 60 cents under whatever this contract is trading at most likely plus or minus uh, say 10 cents a bushel. And right now that contract's trading there, you know, you get fairly good picture of it. Uh, it's something like wheat that's about to be harvested cord. Um, you know, this far out, you're looking out into say November, most, most of that stuff's based off of December contract. We might see still see quite a bit of volatility. If you look back historically, 
um, you know, core is not quite as volatile overall as wheat prices, but you still see like a 10, 20 cent difference sometimes either direction. I always tell people it's kind of, you know, on average, they're pretty close, but in one year they're plus 10, next year they're minus 10, on average they're perfect. Um, so you got to kind of look at those different volatilities, but uh, and uh, you can get a pretty good idea of kind of where it looks like and what kind of range to put around that. And most of that is just practice. You know, as you start to look at some of those numbers and you get used to thinking that way, uh, you can get a pretty good idea of uh, what kind of volatility you're dealing with. And then perhaps maybe if you want to you know, manage it a little more closely, depending on where your cost of production is. And turning back to the hay market, um, what advice do you have for both buyers and sellers right now? Because uh, obviously there's no futures market, futures numbers for hay. So uh, based on historical price patterns, you mentioned hay is probably going to come back around here. But uh, what's the advice or observation in the short term here? Yeah, we're seeing really historically high hay prices. We've seen it before get this high. Um and matter of fact, the, the chart I put in the article, you know, I put a high and a low, and the high is all of last year, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and we're still up there really high. Uh, but but people can't produce more hay, and if the, and if the uh, um, you know, moisture is there, we'll, we'll have a much, much better hay production uh, this year, perhaps, than we did last year, still to be determined, but, but that can adjust. And the other reality is, is that we have pretty low cattle inventory cow inventory in particular so the demand for that hay is lower than it was last year for example or at least it should be especially if if pastures uh, pick up perk up with them with the moisture so i wouldn't suspect that our hay prices will continue to climb at this point i think we're kind of at the top of the plateau here we'll kind of see how the things play out inventory wise uh, but, you know, I always tell people, you know, producers are really good at producers themselves out of a large profit margin. You know, when we have when there's uh, good prices, we tend to produce more. And I would suspect that's going to happen over time. So uh, so if I were a hay producer right now, I'd be looking to get some sales locked in and get get some delivery while people are still waiting to see how the uncertainty works out. If I were a cattle producer, you know, and I'm going out to uh Pasture at this point, I wouldn't get too gung-ho about going out and, and building a big inventory of hay by buying it at the current prices. And are there other practices that you might recommend or at least point out to people that are available as they develop their marketing plans and risk management plans in this environment? The big thing is to, if you're a purchaser, say a feed, you know, realize you know, what what do I normally purchase this? What what are the numbers I should be needing? And, uh, you know, how does that figure into my cost of production uh, over time? And what are those opportunities perhaps to control some of that risk? Uh, from a seller standpoint, it's a lar largely as I looked at it in the article, just in terms of when's my selling point and uh, what kind of uh, uh, feel do I have for the range of prices I might be looking at at that point? And what are my opportunities perhaps to control some of that range and, and, uh, and, uh, control some of the volatility, particularly to the downside. We don't worry about the upside volatility as a seller, right? We, we're perfectly good with prices going higher. Um, but if we see some uh, situations in there where, hey, you know, we always have these little, I call mini rallies, right? Where you have a couple of days of some sort of news in the marketplace, especially now at these worldwide events, that suddenly, you know, prices jump. Uh, wheat prices jump 30 cents and corn prices go up 15 or something like that. And if I'm paying attention and I'm looking at those ranges. I say, hey, you know what? That original range I was thinking of was 30 cents. This Today's rally just knocked 20 cents off of that. So I'm in the top 
top uh, 10 sets of that range, maybe it's time to go ahead and lock in some some prices to deliver at that point or, or at least protect that upside movement in some, some fashion with a put option or something like that. Great. Well, that's Jay Parsons, Farm and Ranch Management Specialist and Professor in the Department of Agricultural Economics here at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And you can find this new article that he has co-authored on our website at cap.unl.edu, all about managing market volatility here in 2023. Jay, thanks so much. Thanks, Ryan. Nebraska Farmcast is a production of the Center for Agricultural Profitability at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. For the latest research-based information and education resources to manage your farm or ranch operation, visit our website at cap.unl.edu. That's cap.unl.edu.